there, there are moments, even or even in season four, there are moments that are really great. But fundamentally, the problem with the show is that it doesn't know where it's going. And the, the worst thing the show does is every episode, this is why I get angry with the show, is because every episode, the credits sequence would open and it would say, the Cylons have a plan. And they never had a plan. Hello, and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylogue team. So today we are going to talk about Battlestar Galactica, the reimagining of it in 2003 it came out, 2003, 2004, something like that, just after Firefly got cancelled. <laughs> Uh, the reason I know is because the people <laughs> who did the special effects for Galactica did the special effects for Firefly. Okay. They put Firefly in the pilot. I thought that was And that's a... why it does all the crash zooms on I Galactica. Thought... Like, they did the same exact thing, yeah. I know where the podcast is going, so I thought that was a really bitter reference to... No. Okay. No, it all was right. literally... That's <laughs> how know, my favourite Fire... show got cancelled. Firefly was 2002. We should do one on Firefly. We should do one on Firefly. Take my love. Maybe we should discuss this another time. Yes. Can I do my admin quickly? Yes. Get in touch, everybody, through Twitter. <laughs> do, do, do. Uh, at Basim Story uh, is the person you want to direct most of your abuse towards. Uh, <laughs> at Lucius Malcolm is me. Uh, any questions or you just want to get in touch, say hi. Um, also, we've got a website, thestorytoolkit.wordpress.com. You can message us through there with any questions you have or just listen to all the podcasts. It's true. Uh, this is everything you said is true and getting more and more abrasive. With every podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to speed this up. I like it. Okay, so Galactica. We're yes. talk about Galactica. I think Colleen Rotten wanted me to talk about Galactica at one point. I might be wrong. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think she mentioned Galactica. I know she wanted Game of Thrones, but didn't she mention Galactica? I, maybe, maybe I invented this. It doesn't I, matter. Invented it. Don't worry. I know where I'm going. We have a plan. Okay. That's a setup, by the way. Are you going to call back to this? No. <laughs> um... And, and keep which is through. just like Galactica yeah, it is. Hey. so let's talk about Battlestar Galactica for those of you who don't know Battlestar Galactica was one uh, of the big shows that came out in around 2003-2004 um, this was at the time where storytelling on television being long form and taking many seasons was really starting to hit the mainstream for the first time it was um, 2004 I've got it uh, yeah. now. So, I have just a quick question on that so I was thinking about this the other day and I didn't know the answer to it. What started the big long form? Babylon 5. That was the first. I, that well, was, not really. I thought. Not really. Babylon 5 was the first to do it, but it didn't start it because Babylon 5 happened. And as Babylon 5 was happening, Buffy was starting to happen around the same time. And Buffy started uh, okay. doing something similar. Deep Space Nine was copying Babylon 5. So that was doing a bit as well. But it didn't hit. But all three of these shows, all of them, are fantasy, and they were all like, you know, prime time stuff for geeks. Yeah. It wasn't until The Sopranos came in and it became drama. Sure. Okay. Uh, and then then it blew up. And then once The Sopranos came along, suddenly everyone recognised that television had uh, an avenue it could go down that people didn't go down before, and. Battlestar Galactica was like, okay, with these new ways of looking at TV, let's go back and take this original show, Galactica, and see what we can do with it. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know what the genesis of why they did Galactica, the sci-fi channel did Galactica, but regardless, at some point, that's sure. the impetus. Like, they took these sort of modern sensibilities, uh, the way that we look at the world today and war and stuff, and they decided to put that in the Battlestar yeah. Galactica world. Because, uh, like, long-form long form storytelling now is just that that's mainstream, isn't it? That's almost the expectation. It's now. the expectation, yeah. yeah. People expect to get box sets of things. Right. Because uh, uh, when Babylon 5 was around, there weren't box sets. We didn't get box sets. It's the advent of DVD in the box set that really kicked this into high gear. And because... they still call them box sets on digital download. Yeah, because that's what that's how people get it. Like the yeah. bi- the concept of being able to binge watch television is what changed it because uh, you it was easier to keep up to date. The reason that like Babylon Five and Buffy and DS Nine did it was because the people who watch those shows are addicts. <laughs> I say this being one of them. And you would tape all the episodes, and you would watch them continuously, and you would collect them. So it wasn't hard for those people to keep up to date with it and keep it all sequenced. Whereas average people would just watch what was happened to be on television. They yeah. might miss a week or whatever. They don't, you know. So people didn't get into it. They preferred episodic telling. But now you have TiVo and you have box sets, People now are used to this concept that I watched the entire series. No one now goes, did you see that episode last night of such and such a show? Mm. It's, did you watch the whole of this season yet? So people are used to that now. Sure. Um, And that's what changed. The Sopranos was the one that really sort of shifted it uh, in that sense. Anyway, regardless. So Galactica, the premise of Galactica is this. Um, There's these 12 uh, uh, planets there's no aliens it's all humans it's set in the, it's set in space whatever um <laughs> space whatever. it's set in space and <laughs> there's 12 planets and they're all named after like the 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 named after the, the constellation so you've got caprica and uh and whatever i forget the others caprica gemini gemini there's slightly slight variations and there's 12 of them there's 12 yeah. colonies right and um they built a series of machines called Cylons, and the Cylons get artificial intelligence. They have a war uh, for that rages for a long time, and then the war's over, and the Cylons are on their own, living by themselves, and the humans are by themselves. And they have like a little thing where every year or whatever, they there's a outpost, there's a human ambassador who goes there, and the Cylons never show up. But the Cylons, there's like a there's a peace, right? And forty years later. The Cylons break the peace and they nuke all 12 colonies and kill all the humans, right? And they do this because one of the people that works on the defense systems is called Gaius Baltar. And Gaius Baltar befriends a woman and the woman gets the information. She starts getting information from him. He gives her information about the defense network, unaware that she's actually a robot. She's a Cylon. And that's how humanity falls. And what's left of humanity is once uh, one warship that was about to be retired called the Galactica, hence Battlestar Galactica, because that's the class of the ship. It was a Battlestar. And whatever civilian ships were available at the time that were that managed to survive the bombing, it's including... An old, it's an older ship because all the newer ones were disabled yes. in particular, weren't they? But through whatever plan they had. Yeah, they, they destroyed all the other ships. Yeah, all the modern ones. So it's this, yeah, so it's this old, archaic um, yeah. battle star that's being led by an admiral, Admiral Adama, who's going to retire. I mean, the ship was going to become a museum because yeah. it, was, it fought in the original Cylon Wars. So... 
he was about to retire. He's super tired. He's but now he's the last admiral. Uh, this is the last ship. Um, they've got the rest of uh, the fleet. They've also got Colonial One, which is the presidential ship. The president's been killed. In fact, there's been such a kill, a culling of all the politicians that the senior ranking politician in the human fleet is the Minister of Education, and she has breast cancer. She's just been diagnosed with breast cancer, so she's not got long to live anyway. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't have breast cancer. She just has cancer of some sort, probably alien cancer. I don't know. She has some sort of illness, right? Space cancer. Space cancer. Um so she's going to uh, die. So you've got this great setup. And at the beginning of every episode, they did this thing where they put the count of the population of how many humans were left. And it's like 40,000 people are left. And they did this great thing where one episode, one person has a baby. And so <laughs> the population literally went up by one. And later on in the show, in season two, they, they find another battle star the Pegasus, and that puts the population up by about 5,000 people. So there's this great thing of, like, every time they add people to the population, it goes up, but mostly they kept track of how many people are dying, and the population keeps going down, and there's this whole thing where the president, uh, Roslyn, she keeps noting how many people die, and so she's really happy when she can put the population count up and stuff. So that's so there's this really cool element to it. And... Um, so the show was about this fleet and the Adama, the Admiral Adama, he says that he, because he's one of the admirals, they know about a secret 13th colony called Earth and that we're going to go to Earth and we're going to live there peacefully away from the Cylons and rebuild and rebuild and that's it, right? And that's the story, that they're on their way to Earth. Okay? And... Um, so this is, the, this is the plan for Galactica. They're going to try and get to Earth. The Cylons are hounding them to kill them. That's the premise. And the first season's pretty good. The second season's not as good, but pretty good. And then the third season gets worse. And by the time it hit the fourth season, it There's, fell apart. There is a point uh, halfway through season three where yeah. it, go, it, it, it goes off the rails. And it was, it was already teetering. <laughs> Yeah, yes, um, yeah. But there, there were still lots of enjoyable things. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the, the, I remember um, being shown the because it started with a miniseries. Well, the miniseries is two, just a three. It's just a. It's just the three pilot. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a three hour pilot. It's two, two hour and a half episodes, which yeah. was uh, fantastic. Which I didn't realize actually until now, until just looking it up, came out before. Because I, I think I watched it out of order. Um, oh right, yeah. Or, no. or was t set, sorry, I was told about it out of order, and then I watched. Yeah. Because you, I remember you telling me about thirty three, which first is the first episode. episode. Yeah. The first episode thirty three is incredible. It's really good. Yeah. Um, the concept of thirty three. The reason it's called thirty three is that the Cylons are able to find. So the fleet uh, can travel faster than light, but it's not like in Star Trek where they can just switch the engines on and go. They have to first of all. It's really nicely done. They have it's a big effort for the ships to get the engines ready and going. They have to plan it out because obviously you can't just travel fast and like into something. So you have to know exactly where you're going. They have to type in the coordinates. It's a big deal, and then they jump the fleet. And the jump is there's no time. It's not like they they're in jump for a while. It's like they jump and then they're, they're wherever they had to be, but they're light years away because they travel so fast. Right? Yeah. It's called the FTL drive, faster than light drive. So they do this to escape the Cylon fleet. And in 33 minutes, the Cylons find them and attack. And this happens 
constantly every 33 minutes and the episode opens with them already clearly having avoided who knows how many attacks uh, and they haven't had any time to sleep they literally have 33 minutes before they have to jump again and in those 33 minutes they have to prep another course get everything back to normal get all the fight all the fighters back in the ships get this done get that done they have all these things to do in 33 minutes they don't have time to sleep they don't have time to do anything and of course the cylons don't need to sleep hmm. the cylons just find them every 33 minutes and it's great and they're all breaking they're all at breaking point and the way they get out of this is really quite cool they realize that the Cylons must have put some sort of transmitter somewhere in the fleet that tells them where they are. It's the only way they can find them. There must be something in the fleet that is telling them where it is. And what's interesting is, they one time they jump, the Cylons don't show up in 33 minutes. They actually don't show up. And the clock keeps going. And they what's going on? What's different? And they realize one ship got left behind. So that ship shows up. I think it's called the Olympia. Right, that ship shows up and they're like, that's the one difference. Now the Olympia is has civilians on it. They're convinced of this. They think it has civilians on it, but they're like, what if it doesn't? What if it's just a Cylon thing? So they have this whole moral dilemma thing about whether, what they should do and they end up destroying the Olympia because they're convinced that that's where the transmitter is. Turns out they're right. Um, and then the fleet's okay. But it's really... It's really great. Very, very well done. Really I remember great. seeing the first episode and being exhausted and yes. thinking, like, okay, this is what the show's got to offer. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I, I, this is great. Yeah, you watch 33 and you think, wow, what a great show. Yeah. And the next episode is about water shortage. Um, they, they have a saboteur yeah. and it blows up their water system and they have to find water. They're running out of water. And uh, this is great. It's really bleak. Uh, them on the edge of survival and all that stuff. And the reason for this is because the creator of the show Ronald D. Moore worked on Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Voyager's premise was that they got catapulted to the other end of the galaxy by an alien and the alien dies in the pilots they can't get back home so the only way they can go back home is they have to basically take the long way home which is they just have to travel home and it's going to take them 70 years to get home (laughs) at maximum warp if they don't stop so obviously the, the idea is like it's going to take more than their lifetime to get home and they're trying to find ways maybe that they can get home and so on. And Ronald D. Moore had the problem with the show, which was that the show, these guys are out in the at the edge of the galaxy. They have no resources, nothing, but the holodeck is working. The ship is fine every week. They get into a fight, but the next week the ship is still okay. And he got really annoyed with the fact that they didn't want to have a continuity of the damage on the ship. Now, there is a now I, I agree with him that's a mistake, but at the same time, this was when episodic storytelling yeah, was, was, was around. Cool. So it's like you can't have that thing because then people will miss an episode and then they don't know what's going on, right? But at the same time, like he's right. The premise wants the ship to be damaged and get worse as it goes on. So he got annoyed with this. So when he did Galactica, he was like, no, we have to make sure that if something gets damaged, it's damaged. That's it. Them fixing it is a big deal and so on. And so a lot of the show at the beginning really focuses on the the, the great 
joy of the show is that thing of like they have 33 minutes uh they lost some people those people aren't coming back they're the the vipers which are their starships the little fighter ships they've been destroyed so they're running out of them they're running out of ammunition they're running out of water they're running out of this they're running out of that and as a result that creates unrest within the fleet so that people aren't upset with Rosalind and adama because the ship fleet isn't doing as well and you have this great tension between Rosalind and adama and adama's like we have to run this like a military institution and she's like it's a political one too we have to we can't give up all our freedoms and all that stuff so there's all these sort of problems that are running around and that stuff made it what was really interesting yeah um and he was right to that but he didn't it didn't quite work out uh because it turns out that the show wanted what they what he wanted to do is he wanted to do a show where if something bad happened one week, that persisted to the next week and the week on and so on. And so you have what's called, what we would call long-form design, right? The problem with that is that he didn't plan where any of it was going. And so as a result, the show falls apart really quickly and loses its focus. I, I think you can start seeing the problems in season one Season two, there's a clear divide between the good episodes and the bad episodes. And then in season three, it's almost exclusively bad episodes. And then four, it just kind of falls off rail. There, there are moments, even, or even in season four, there are moments that are really great. But fundamentally, the problem with the show is that it doesn't know where it's going. And the, the worst thing the show does is every episode, this is why I get angry with the show, because every episode the credits sequence would open and it would say the Cylons have a plan and they never had a plan they even say in the the um, film they did at the end they did a the film plan. called The Plan which was they told the first two three seasons from the Cylons point of view and they are improvising they, they, have, they no have no plan. plan and for me what upsets me about that is like you didn't have to do that yeah you didn't have to have a plan. You didn't have to say you had a plan. But you lied constantly to us that you had one. It's and the same, it doesn't work. It's the same issue. Uh, well, not ex- uh, not explicitly the same issue as Lost, but sort of the same issue yes. as Lost. Where Lost created that plan through um, um, uh, introducing mysteries to the audience. Yes. And so the audience... You open a contract with the audience where you say, we're going to explain this mystery. Yes. And they never did. Yeah. Um, Galactra and Lost were, pardon me, were at the same time as well. Were at the same time? Yeah. Uh, and Heroes was well, yeah, at the course. same time. Galactica, Lost and Heroes were the trifecta of mystery shows at the time. Right. And uh, not one of them played out well. Because, um, and the irony is, um, Lost and Galactica improved. Uh, Lost, Lost was worse. Lost was the one that just made it up as it went along and was just badly written. Galactica had some real brilliance to it, but yeah. it didn't plan it out in advance enough um so this- and and heroes they actually planned everything out but uh, they got cold feet and they shot themselves in the foot yeah so shot themselves in the cold foot um but yeah they messed themselves up they actually had a plan and they 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 bailed on it at the last minute which was the downfall of that show so the big issue with galacta is that lack of planning yeah the lack created of planning. all these other issues it creates all kinds of problems so if we go back to Voyager, the reality thing. So one of the things I've noticed, because Star Trek's back up on Netflix and I've been rewatching them, and one of the things that's a big problem with Voyager is the marquee. 
so in this in the show Voyager that just quickly um the reason Voyager ends up in in the other end of the galaxy is they're chasing a ship of Federation citizens who have become terrorists. They're part of a terrorist organization called the Marquis, right? And the Marquis are terrorists towards these aliens called the Cardassians because the Cardassians took these planets and then in a peace treaty, the Federation handed the planets to Cardassia. So these human people live in Cardassian territory and they're treated terribly by the Cardassians. So they call themselves the Marquis and they fight the Cardassians, which causes a huge political problem for the Federation, right? So Voyager is sent to hound, uh, to track down these Marquis terrorists. They they and the Marquis terrorists get catapulted to the other end of the galaxy. Uh, the Marquis terrorist ship gets blown up and the Marquis join the Voyager crew and they work as the Voyager crew. So Ronald D. Moore was really upset with the nature that the damage didn't persist. But I am watching it and going like, they've forgotten that they have Marquis terrorists on a Federation ship. And that they're all just happy to work for Captain Janeway. And I'm sitting there going, there's no way that's how that works. There's no way that the head of a that the terrorist leader, Chakotay, will put up with Janeway saying, "Yeah, we're not going to get away home today because of the Prime Directive." That's not a thing he would do, right? Mm. So the the culture of the world, the politics of the world, were just as bad as the physicality of the world. And in Galactica, they they fixed a lot of the physicality problems, but they completely didn't pick up on all these sort of cultural problems within this world. They didn't plan out their world. And in fantasy, which is what science fiction is, because you don't, if you don't plan out your world and you start running yourself in corners, the first thing you do is rewrite the world to get yourself out of the corner. You go, oh, I can, I can set something up in the past. I can make up an event that happened in the past because it's a fictional world. But the problem is, is that that's a deus ex machina. And it's a cheap way of getting out of it. And you would see it in realism when people do it. You call it out for what it is, which is bad soap opera writing where they go like, you know, someone has a secret that they didn't, you didn't even know about. And they go, yeah. this is my secret. That's, but you're doing it within the world itself and you're building things up and the world is acting inconsistently and it, there's all kinds of problems with it. So, for example, um, let, let's take, um, I mean... So one of the first things that they they point out, okay, they have problems with the politics of the fleet within yeah, the there's fleet. There's tension between. There's lots the two. of tension. Yeah. So in that area, they got that right. But okay, so here's here's uh, like okay, there's the pro- okay, there's there's. I'm just Do trying you want to start with the twelve. We could start with the twelve. Um, okay, let's start with the twelve. So here's the thing with the twelve. It's a different problem. That's why I don't want to get to it just yet. I know the twelve has other issues. It's a completely you were just talking problem. about the Marquis being on the Voyager ship and them not tearing themselves apart. Yeah, that's themselves. that's more to do with the um, the nature of how um, the uh, uh, the Marquis and the Federation would play out, which they kind of do with the with the uh, Battlestar and the civilian fleet. They kind of have that playing out. Oh, okay. They have a prisoner who uh, Zarek who comes. Uh, out of prison and he becomes sort of a political force and Gaius Baltar's political force. They do those things. What they lose sight of is they start going to the Cylon world of the Cylons think that God has a plan. They believe in one God. They have a plan. They become sort of a a metaphor for, uh, I guess, jihadism or something, which is really sort of ridiculous. But anyway, that's where they're going with it or something like that. But the problem is like the Cylons don't make sense because 
the Cylons built the Cylon human models as a way to infiltrate humanity. So once humanity is destroyed, the Cylon models have no purpose. In other words, they should be the lowest of the low in the Cylon hierarchy. The Cylon civilization should have them at the very bottom rung. They are obsolete models with one purpose, right? Hmm. There's no reason for robots to be built in a human form. In fact, the the ships that they have in the old show, the ships were piloted by robots. In this show, the ships are the robots. They don't need pilots. Hmm. They're automated, which is, makes perfect sense, right? So this whole concept that the models are revered makes no sense in the Cylon world. What they would do is much simpler. They'd just be like, you're the bottom of the bottom, whatever. We only need you to do these things. So the Cylon world seems really inconsistent. Um, It's really bizarre that these machines are kind of driven by a theological reason to do stuff. Um, And it's just, it's just, it doesn't work at all. And the way they got away with it was saying, there's a plan, there's a plan, there's a plan. It's like, not really. Then you also have this other problem, which is Gaius Baltar keeps hearing the Cylon woman. He has visions of her, like she's sitting next to him all the time and he's talking to her and people react like, who's he talking to? There's no one there. And then there's a great episode where he goes to the bridge and the Cylon woman walks on the bridge and he starts talking to her and she's like, do I know you? And like, okay, I get it. We're playing a game, whatever. And it's like, no, we haven't met before. And then everyone else can see the woman and he realizes, oh, it's actually her, but she doesn't know him. And there's this weird thing of like, well, who's the vision coming from? It doesn't make any sense. They never really resolve that. Um, turns out to be like an angel or something. I don't know. It's just, they never played up. They never made sense of it. He's just kind of going crazy. I never quite watched far enough. Yeah, they never played with that it. that makes sense. They never played with it. Um, so that thing doesn't work. Then there's other problems. So the characters become inconsistent within the reality of the show. So, for example, um, Halo is a character that's stranded on um, one of the planets. I forget which. Probably Caprica. I think it's Caprica. He's stranded on the planet during the attack. Caprica So yeah, No, there's no Caprica 2 yet. So he's stranded on the planet, and on the planet he's with a character called Boomer. Now, the great thing about this is we know Boomer's on the fleet, so we know that Boomer is a Cylon agent. No one else knows that Boomer is a Cylon agent, right? We No one knows that she's a, one of the models. Oh, this is season one. This is season one, yeah, yeah. it's still great. Now, he has a thing for Boomer. He has sex with Boomer. Boomer ends up pregnant, all on the planet. He discovers she's a Cylon. He doesn't kill her. When he's rescued, he takes Boomer with him. So now... Uh, and on the ship, on Galactica, Boomer is a sleeper agent. She gets triggered and shoots a Dharma. And uh, she leaves. So you end up with this thing where there's another Boomer on the ship who's pregnant with Halo. Halo's kid. And Halo's on the ship. And they won't. Ki- and they call her Athena. So you can separate mm. them. And I'm watching the show and I'm like, there is no way Athena is treated like a human being. This is a robot, one. Two... She is, she's not like Boomer, where she thought, oh, I was a human. She's aware she's a Cylon, and Mm. always was. She's deliberately uh, tricked Halo into having sex with her and impregnating her. And she is responsible for the genocide of their people. In season uh, three, 
they go on a planet and the Cylons find them on the planet and this is Caprica 2, New Caprica and they create basically a, a holocaust situation where they create camps and again you're sitting there going why haven't they just killed them all why are they exploiting them it doesn't make sense like they're machines why, why aren't they being logically ruthless why are they just being sort of callous it doesn't make sense when they don't kill everyone hmm. you kind of go well they want you to they want to exploit them but it's like well okay, fine, you want to exploit them, but then you just do what the Nazis did. The Nazis were very computerized. The, one of the reasons the Nazis were able to do the Holocaust, the reason they had, you know, they have the serial numbers. Yeah. It was because they had IBM computers reading them. Like, that's how that worked. Like, it was a computerized process, the, uh, the Holocaust. So, like, if that's the case, then fine, but they're not there to be... Um, the, 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 the Nazis itemized people to make sure they were dead. That's why they did the numbers. Yeah. They wanted to make... They counted their victims. This is how toxic it was. So if they want to do a similar thing to the humans on Caprica, like, why are they just putting them in camps and letting them live? That doesn't mm. make sense. You just round them up, number them, and then make sure they're all dead. That's how the machines would do it. But they do all these weird things with Baltar, who's the president. And Anyway. Um, so they, they're doing all this this stuff um, with, with these guys. And when the humans escape Caprica 2 and they get back on the fleet and off they go, there's this group called the Circle. And the Circle round up anyone who collaborated with the Cylons and space them. They just put them in an airlock and jump them out. And they do this to, they do this to main characters. Hmm. Later on in the show, <clears throat> one of the main characters, Felix Gator, who I loved, is one of those sort of top secondary characters. He leads a rebellion, a mutiny against the Admiral with Zarek, okay? That, that mutiny fails, and they're executed. Athena survives the whole show. <laughs> and I sat there every time they killed off one of their main characters within a sort of in, internal battle struggle of morality and stuff, and I just sat there, you're lying. There's no way Athena survives this. These characters that are willing to jettison people into space for collaborating with the Cylons, these people who torture Cylons that they find, these people who execute people for mutiny, would not allow this woman, who is a Cylon, who participates in the genocide of their people, to live just because she has a baby. There's no way. There's just, it, it's totally baffling. And so this is what I mean by they haven't planned it out. They have these characters go to the end of the line, go, look how tough they are. But then it's like, yeah, but now you have to end this actress's contract yeah, because of how you've done this. And you haven't thought that through. You've paid X amount of money to have this woman on contract. And you haven't stopped to think that by doing this, you've created that. And it gets worse because the way that the Cylon models work is when they die, they get backed up with all their information. So there isn't really two different boomers. There should only really be one. It just, it's getting worse the more I go into this, right? It's just like... It, you mean this, they release them one at a time? Yeah, or they release them one at a time, they back up their information so they all know the same thing. Ah, uh, right. I'm and it's, well, it's like, how are there two of them anyway? So what, they activated one while the other one was there? Fine, but when one of the uh, one of them dies, why would you activate the other one? It, 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 they even have this thing where they can... The, the Cylons box models which is if a model's going crazy, they stick it in a box, basically. They they box the, the lion. No more of those models will come out, which is what they do to Lucy Lawless. Why didn't they do that to Boomer? Since they know Boomer was willing to betray them. and mm. it, It's just this thing of, like, the Cylons are acting consistently, and every time something ha like this happened, they went, don't worry, we've got a plan. And they were lying. They didn't have a plan. They just made stuff up. So 
when I was pointing out the marquee thing about the way that the culture would work, there's other things like that. So, for example, we can now... The, the 12 Cylons thing, okay. So, the models, there are 12 human Cylons, right? 12 types of people that look like Cylons. There's only 12 of them. That's revealed in the pilot. There is no way that that paranoia doesn't destroy the fleet. The f I was thinking, like, the first thing you would do when you're aware of this is you would immediately hire... You'd sit down and logically try and eliminate all the sus potential suspects. And straight away, like, because I wanted to play the game. Like, there's 12 silent models, right? Yeah. I, and we knew about three of them at the beginning. I'm like, I want to know who the other seven are, right? There's no point in hiding it unless I, I, don't, unless I know who they are. Yeah. Why, why hide it otherwise? So, who are they? And I started immediately... Well, it created that mystery, didn't it? Yeah. And so, every time they... Every time they dropped a new model, mm. you would be like, "Oh my god, they've been assigned on all along." Right, and the up to a point. <laughs> and well, this is the thing: it couldn't be anyone, right? Because it couldn't be someone who ha who had parents. Yeah. Because you knew, right? The Cylon models they can't they can't be babies. They can't have been babies or anything like yeah. that. So if they've been growing up, fine. Two, the Cylon models, as far as they're aware, and this would make sense. Because um, if, if they could just impersonate someone, if they could look like someone else, then you're screwed anyway. You're done because like they can just replace a dharma, right? Mm. So you have no idea who. So it would have to be they have to be faces that uh, th that don't belong to someone already. So you can eliminate children. You can eliminate uh, people who you know have had kids and so on. You can eliminate people who are older than these than the Cylon War. Yes, right. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I know that's coming back. That's in, coming right? back. You can eliminate them because there's no way the Cylon models could be them because they're not, they weren't yeah. around for that time. So anyone who was around at that time can't be a Cylon. Right. That's another thing. And uh, there was, what, what else was there? Um, they can't be children. They can't be people who've had children. Um, you know, there's only 12 of them as well. Um, and you've known three. So, you know, there's what, the, however many left, there's what, nine left, right? So, and also, you know, you know that the Cylons can replicate. So there's probably more than one face. Hmm. So twins are a big problem. If people are identical twins, they're like, they're, they're a flag. You should they're on the hit list. list. They're on the hit list. You yeah. just need to pay attention. But basically, you have you have a criteria of things that can't be the case. Also, blood tests would help reveal who is and who isn't a Cylon. Um, things like that, right? When you have that information, the first thing you do is you get a census from every ship about every single person. You do, for example, you know three of the faces of the Cylons, right? Yeah. You put that out to the fleet. Have you seen this person? If so, tell us, and you get that person. The first thing you do, because you know... Another thing, by the way, the Cylons can't be. The Cylons can't be in positions of power. Because if they're in positions of power, they'd already sabotage the fleet. Right. So that can't be a thing. Like, it can't be the Admiral. It makes no sense for a number of reasons. One, he fought in the first Cylon Wars. Two, he has children. Three... Um, he's he's way too powerful. Hmm. If he wanted to, he could just have already destroyed the fleet. There's no the the thirty three situation tells you who in power could have had a chance to sabotage the fleet because there's no there's no reason to play the game of ooh I'm going to trick you. It's like they don't want to trick you. They just want to get you killed. Yeah. Right. Um. So they're going to do take the first chance they can. So there's a couple of things. And so straight away, like, I'm really excited talking about this be really, mystery because it was a really yeah. cool detectives thing, yeah. right? It's like okay, you crack. Who is and who isn't a Cylon? That's the first thing you do because those guys are going to destroy the fleet. That's the only reason that they're on the fleet. If you know who the 12 Cylons are, the weapon they use to destroy the colonies doesn't work anymore. You need to know who those 12 people are. That's the first thing you do. 
They don't even try. They get into arguments of, is it right to test people? It's like, yes, it is right. There's 50,000 human beings left. That's all there is. And you know they've infiltrated you. And in fact, it turns out in episode six, I think it is, that one of them is on the fleet. And the reporter, Lucy Lawless, turns out to be a Cylon. Like, it happens again and again. And the problem... So, that is a problem. They didn't plan out how their civilization would react to this. They didn't stop and think these things through. Instead, they got caught up in other plot lines to do with the baby, to do with the prophecies and all that stuff. And it's like, this isn't what the show was sold to us as. The show isn't about these prophecies. You're, you're getting lost in this meta plot of uh, pseudo-religiosity and and like hi- fake history, Did- so you can hide from the fact that you're getting a- that you're you're running yourself into these logical corners of we don't have enough water. That may have answered the question that was yeah. coming. Did all this stuff, all the theology stuff, and all this kind of uh, big meta plot come about um, as a kind of panic response to the fact that they created this I- hit show and it no needed idea. to go somewhere? No idea. It was always there. It's in the pilot. Ah, right. They talk about yeah. this as, as as vengeance and stuff, but the concept of prophecies and things yeah. was not in the pilot, as far as I remember. And regardless of even if it was there, they they started pulling more and more into it. But as they did, they lost all the other stuff, and the characters acted inconsistently towards different things. So Athena had like plot immunity, basically. They went, she's part of this prophecy. That's that, and. Even that stuff didn't work. So, for example, okay, Athena had a Cylon, had a baby, right? It's a Cylon-human hybrid. This apparently is a big thing that the Cylons wanted to have happen, which makes no sense because the Cylons hate humans. But fine, they do this thing, whatever. They make a point that the Cylon baby has a different shaped blood cells to human babies, right? And that might be the cure to Rosalind's cancer and so on, right? So that's a big thing. In the story, one of the characters, Tyrol, Chief Tyrol, he has a baby with a girl called Cassie. And they have a baby. And they play up the thing at the beginning where Tyrol's worried that he's actually a sleeper Cylon and he turns out and and the the priest he's going to, to confess to, says no. And the priest, played by uh, Al from Quantum Leap, turns out to be a Cylon, by the way. Um happens a lot uh they never work out anyone's asylum they just find out when they when they meet two of them um so anyway um chief tyrol is worried he's a cylon says you're not a cylon turns out chief tyrol is a cylon at the end and i sat there going no because his baby did not have weird blood there you go the doctor there's no way the doctor didn't do a blood test on the baby because you have to know what blood type the baby is Hmm. there's no way there's no way he didn't do that and he should have found it out. This and the way they of... got out of it was going like, well, he's a different kind of Cylon, which we'll get to later. Um, is this, are we going to bring up Final Five here? or is we going to In a second. To so okay. the other, because the Final Five, there's two problems with it. The one is how they, who the Final Five were and the nature of the Final Five. So, okay, let's do the who the Final Five were because this is sure. part of the whole thing. This is the dartboard moment. This is the, the dartboard moment. This is where I really gave up with the show where they went, who are the Final when Five? When was this was closed? Season, season three. three, yeah. So in the show, they revealed seven of the Cylon models and the big problem was when they went to Caprica, New Caprica and they had that Holocaust situation, they had seven Cylon models and the big question was, where are the other five? Because it makes no sense that the five would stay silent in the Holocaust camp. The Cylons have won. Yeah. Why would they pretend? 
It made no sense. So the writers had to go, well, we don't want to reveal the next five. And I'm like, I don't understand why you even want to keep them secret, but okay, fine. And they went, okay, where are the final five? They came up with this utter nonsense idea that the final five, even the Cylons, don't know who the final five yeah. So the final five, not only are they not mass produced, there's only one of them each. They don't know who they that they're the final five, and the silence don't know the final five. I'm like, right, fine. And you're sitting there going like, well, who are the final five? And again, there's certain rules applying to who can be a Cylon and who can't be a Cylon. And at the end, they went, yeah, forget all the rules. Boom, these are the final five. So they went, okay, this character is part of the final five who replaced an actor who didn't like doing the sci-fi show. So that was one thing. Um, they had another character from the final five. Uh, Starbuck didn't turn out to be one of the final five. She just turned out to be a ghost angel or something in the end. I don't know what the hell Starbuck turned out to be. They never tell you. It makes no sense. She dies, comes back, but is still dead. Doesn't make any sense. Forget Starbuck. Right. So You brought her up. I'm so angry. Uh, <laughs> so they had those two characters. They had Chief Tyrol, who, as I said, can't be a Cylon because his baby didn't have special Cylon yeah. DNA blood. But he's part of the final five, and they're wacky and different. And this is what I mean by you didn't plan this out. You can go back and rewrite stuff. Right. So they just went back and rewrote, well, the final five are different because they're actually 2,000 years old. This is actually something that happens, by the way. It turns out the final five predate all of this. Right. Ugh. So Tyrol turns out to be one. Saul Ty turns out to be one. And Ty is the executive officer on the Galactica. He's the second in command. He turns out to be one, which is kind of a problem because he fought in the first Cylon Wars. So yeah. how is it possible? Aha, because, aha, his final five are even older than that. What? Um, and he's in a position of power as well. Yes. Yeah. Isn't he even in charge of the ship at one point? Yeah, but he's a sleeper, so he doesn't know. Of course. Of course. And then his wife yeah. turns out to be one, which is like, really? Fine, whatever. So they turn out to be the final five, whatever. And then they say, the final five, what happened was, there was another colony. This was Earth, right? And on this colony, the whole thing with Cylons happened. It blew up the planet. They went back to the 12 colonies. They found these new Cylons that the humans built, and they taught them the technology of how to build models and then the Cylons forgot or whatever and then they do it and it's like history keeps repeating itself and I'm like I think this is nonsense and rubbish and the idea that the human beings that we built the Cylons they rebelled against us yeah that's not what happened what really happened was a bunch of other aliens in the before time built a bunch of robots that betrayed them and then by coincidence another bunch of humans built the same sort of type of monsters aliens and then they came along and they met up what I can I bring it doesn't make any I'm just sense. Gonna, I'm going to hit the, the, the ra- pause on the rage button. Mm. Okay? It's pause just stupid. Rage. Just, it makes know, sense. It's pause, just stupid. Put time out for mm. a second. Because your telling of this reminded me of something. Oh. Oh, I thought it might be worth pitching this in uh, for a second. Mm. The Matrix trilogy yeah. has many of the same markings that yes. Galactica, Galactica does. Yes. The so first one, done, closed, great. And then Makes all sense. of a sudden it gets very, very theological. Yes. And gets very, ah, uh, history repeating itself. Yes. And beard and extra. Yeah, they're trying to explain away the fact that they haven't got a good story by uh, by just pontificating more. And like, this is, look how, look at this. And it's like, yeah, but it's not good. Like, when they get to Earth and they discover Earth is already a nuclear wasteland, mm. um, that's great. They get to Earth. It's a nuclear wasteland. <gasps> How terrible. It's a nuclear wasteland because a bunch of other humans made a bunch of other Cylons, and those Cylons met the these Cylons, and they hung out together and made models, and this makes no sense at all because, yeah, let's say they are different types of Cylons. Great. 
they got the model technology from them, so why then doesn't the blood work? Why aren't they the same? It doesn't actually explain your plot holes. You're just making more... Co- you're just going, look, there's a plot hole. Don't worry, you don't worry. If I cover it in Christmas tinsel confusions, you might not notice there's a plot hole. You've just made me more aware there's a plot hole. You're not doing this properly. Anyway, I'm very angry. The so, because part- I wasted four years on this show. Yeah, I had, I had to mention the final five thing. Uh, no, no, again. Still- no, 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 it's just because... Um, I had less of a problem with the final five dartball moment than mm. I did the music that they used at the time. Oh, what this? Uh, they used all along the Watchtower yeah. uh, kind of remix of it. I only like that. I'd see anachronisms like that bother me sometimes. Oh yeah, because that made no sense. Exactly. Up until then, the <laughs> no sense. Be- the, be- uh, the Galactica music is fantastic. Yes. Like it's dark, it's moody, it's yeah. original. Why all of a sudden did they use this one track? And I just remember watching the scene, thinking, "This is really bothering me. This is really bothering yeah, me." Yeah, and, and also then, here's the five. And also they put in the idea that Kara has been taught this thing since she was a kid, and the the music turns out to be the coordinates to our Earth because this whole show is actually a prequel. And it's just, I this makes no sense at all. You're just kind of going like, "Ah, destiny." <laughs> doesn't that work? And like, no, no, it doesn't work. Anyway. Final five, that doesn't work. So they didn't plan that out. They just went back and rewrote their history to explain away the fact. And the problem is they put themselves in this situation. This is what I mean by planning, right? They put themselves in the situation without stopping to think. When they said there are 12 models, they immediately created, oh, there are 12 murderers, right? Who are the suspects? Who can be these people? And immediately the audience starts trying to work out who those 12 are, right? And when they go to Caprica and they go, here's seven and there's five left, you have to explain why those five haven't revealed themselves, what's going on with the final five, etc. All this is a problem because they did a stupid thing which was say in the pilot, there are 12 of them. There's no reason. Don't say there's 12. Save that. Imagine if in the pilot, all, all they find out in the pilot is that Cylons can look like humans. That's it. Right? That's amazing. That's an episode of Adama going, we need to find out who they are, but we can't tell anyone because we have no idea how many there are. We have no idea what they look like. I have to make a special team of people I can trust who are definitely not Cylons to find all the other Cylons. That becomes a plot thread that explodes when you go, when it comes out that they're human, that Cylons are humans. And then later on, you can reveal there are 12 models. Hmm. You don't have to hold... You don't have to, like, shoot everything off in one go. And but that's the sign of some people who haven't planned things out, which well, is they put go too far too quickly. There's still, a, there's still an issue there in that if you're going to later reveal there's only 12, you still need to have... That you still need to know there's only twelve, and you still need to know who they who you they still, are. You still you still need to know that, that the the issue with the twelve. I just wanted to bring yeah. this up. Um, this kind of proves your point. It's clear that they don't know who the twelve are when it's they clear. say there's twelve yeah. because you realise that there's all these extra rules that they've rewritten. If yeah. they had decided at the beginning yes. who the twelve were when they made certain decisions on the show, yeah. like okay, let's put them in an internment camp or this yeah. or this they would have had to have said, well, this can't happen because... And not only that, not only that, here's another thing. Um, If you say there's 12, there's 12. And actors quit. (laughs) So, why number it? Right. If you say, don't say there's 12, right? Then there doesn't have to be 12. Which means, if you're writing your story and you go, oh my, 
It makes perfect sense. Gator, he's a Cylon. This makes perfect sense. We have to do it. You haven't said how many there are. Gator can be a Cylon. You can still do it. However, if you go, well, let's leave us room to do that. Let's say there's 12, and you go, brilliant. And then you're getting towards the end, you go, uh, we don't have any more good candidates to be Cylon models. <laughs> uh, and we've got three left. What do we do? It's like, dartboard? One, do you know what I mean? One of the characters... By numbering it, well, as soon as you number there's 12, you have to know those 12. Sure. But numbering those 12 is a mistake to begin with because you've locked yourself into something so early that you don't need to. It's not like the, them being 12 is a big deal. It's one of those things where they, sh- they, they gave away so much at the beginning to hook people, but they didn't stop to think. But you're not trying to hook people for next week. You're trying to hook people for seasons. Yeah. You have to give time. You have to build up in your story, set up some payoffs that turn and turn the story and p- keep pushing. You can't just go, oh, here's uh, here's everything. And then uh, the irony is, I came up with a thing called uh, the um, the uh, the Babylon Five test because of this show. The Babylon Five test. Yeah, the Babylon Five test, and it works like this: you get shows that are episodic, but they have arcing episodes where there's like a big storyline going on, but the um, but most of the show's episodic. They have a thing, they solve it this week, but there's things running on in the background that build up to a much bigger storyline, okay? So Babylon 5 had this with the Shadow War. The X-Files did this with the Alien Conspiracy, right? They had Monster of Week, Alien Conspiracy. And my thing was this. In these shows, when they do an episode that goes, the big thing is coming, make a note of what you knew before that episode, (laughs) and then make a note at the end of that storyline how much has changed. If it hasn't changed give up because the show is going nowhere if it has changed they know where they're going um because they want to get to it because they know the good stuff is coming there's no reason to tread water they want to get there because they know where it's going so in babylon 5 in episode 9 of babylon 5 um they asked this big question uh which is what happened at the battle of the line and you find out what happened at the battle of the line but it brings up another question which is why did the mimbari surrender now that we know that they, what happened, why mm. did they surrender? Why did they surrender after interrogating Jeffrey Sinclair? What went, what went on? Like, we know now what happened, but why? That's the next question. Season two ends, answers that question. And it keeps building and building and building like that. But, um, uh, but the uh, Galactica, their thing is, <gasps> we found a piece of the map to Earth. And at the end they go, we have the piece of the map, but not the whole thing. And you go, well, there's an infinite amount of pieces between you and Earth. This will go on for as long as the show is broken. I remember talking to you about this before. In fact, we may have yeah. podcasted the same thought, which yeah. was that every season ends with that extra clue, which which yeah. takes them no closer to their goal, no. but leaves you with that, okay, so they've got another clue. So yeah. there's that kind of false progression. Which is exactly the problem with Star Trek Voyager, which is every week they go like, oh, we found a technology to get us home. Ah, oh, but we've lost that technology because of morality or whatever. And they don't go home. And you're like, this is just false. This is the, You're not going anywhere. Mm. So long, every episode, you just have to come up with a new thing that says they can get home and then not let them get home, which is what's happening with um, Galactica. It's just, they're not going anywhere. But they do something in Caprica. In season, at the end of season two, where they land on a planet and they decide to colonize the planet, and they call it New Caprica. Yeah, that was like this is brilliant, and then that lasted a few episodes, and they're back into space and they're on their infinite quest to uh, Earth, and it's just like you're not going anywhere. That was a stopgap. You had a really good idea, and then you 
I ended it after a few weeks. And it's one of the best bits of the show because... Is that in season two? Season two ends with them on New Caprica, and season three opens, and six episodes in, they leave New Caprica. Isn't New Caprica the internment camp? Yeah. Right. They land on the planet and decide to colonise it, and then the Cylons show up. Thank you. Right. That, yeah. And then they, they turn to a camp. Best, yeah. And that's one of the best bits of the show, because they planned out that whole story arc before they um, uh, aired it. So, I mean, maybe they didn't plan it out at the end of season two, but they planned out planned it out for season three. They oh, Clearly, those six episodes are really tight, and then after that, it just languishes again in the whole that's prophecy where, thing. And that's it just, where I switched yeah, off, is when they, leave, when they leave Capricorn. Once they leave it, they go back to their whole... They go back, and they just start going like, okay, where is Earth? What's the... It's like nothing happened. It's like yeah. the new Caprica stuff didn't happen. And it's just totally inconsistent, and it doesn't work, and it and it's... They just don't have these the payoffs that they was they promised you. They they gave you these setups. They don't pay them off properly because they didn't have any plans. They didn't know where they were going. It's like why did you set it up then? Why did you? And they did it because they wanted to hook audiences. But like you haven't planned this through. You know you haven't sat down and gone. Okay, like Babylon Five is a really good example of something that did plan out. So we'll do a podcast on Babylon Five. Um, on how it plans things out and paid things off. Yeah. But Galactica is the exact failing of that. It didn't do that. It it just it said, hey, we're going to go somewhere, and it didn't. And um, they even did a prequel called Caprica about how they invented the Cylons, and it's just like this is this is already rewriting stuff from the show that we know, mm. and it doesn't really work. I mean, I watched some of it, but it didn't really wasn't very interesting. You know, there's a great premise to the show though i mean firstly because the um uh, the opening episodes are so good and really yes. i stand by seasons yeah. one and two being worth your time and if you haven't seen galactica yeah and you're not put off too much by bass's ranting <laughs> um seasons one and two are still worth the watch because there's some great television there um yeah certainly 33 is just yeah. a great hour um but the board game yes of galactica takes the great stuff from the show and just puts it into yeah. a few hours worth of game. You've got the paranoia of not knowing who's who yeah. and you have this impending doom of all these resources yeah. running out and the fact that it's so incredibly hard to survive. I make the joke that the series is based off the game <laughs> because in the game it's random who is and who is in the Cylon. Oh. <laughs> and so it's just totally randomised. You don't know who is and who isn't and you don't know who to trust and uh, the show's like... Well, importantly with the game it's it's randomly chosen... Um, well, the I get... At the, yeah, it's randomly And then chosen. halfway through oh, you might is become a, random... a Cylon. Yeah, that's true, Which is that's really true. funny as well because it's, it's great. There's like a certain number of Cylons in the game. Uh, we always play with six players so there's two Cylons and there's two rounds of getting cards that tell you you are not a Cylon you are a Cylon yeah. and it happens halfway through the game that you might get the you are the Cylon card uh, it's also possible that you might be a Cylon and you get the second you are a Cylon card which is hilarious because you know there's no other Cylon in the fleet but when you get outed as a Cylon you can give it to someone else making them a Cylon and it's just it's, it's really cool um, the way that that works and it builds up that paranoia and everything yeah. in a way that was better than the show did because at least it's a game and um, the random stuff at the beginning is fun whereas well, this is a show that went four years and said yeah we've planned everything out, and you my, only, everything out. my only issue with the game is that sec- second round of randomization. random doesn't matter at the beginning because therefore consequences yeah. of the players decisions after that yes. are what matter yeah. so if at the beginning you know you're a Cylon <laughs> you know it, it's logical therefore yeah. based on that person's actions but yeah. then later on when it's random you then 
Yeah, but that's fine in the game. It w- it's fine in the game. But it's yes, not fine in the show, but which is literally what happens yeah. in the show. You're like halfway through, they went, "Let's make this character silent." That you, this makes no sense with what's gone before. Yeah, and then Kara being whatever Starbuck turning out to be whatever it is that she turns out to be, like a ghost angel thing, and it's like plays off this painting that they just set up. They set up that she had a painting which turned out to be a nebula that she died in. They set up that she knew a piece of music that turned out to be the codes that took her to this planet of Earth. And then you go, well, why do they know all along the Watchtower anyway? Like, what are you saying? That like 150,000 years later, Jimi Hendrix heard it? Like, how does that make any sense to you? And so there's all these weird things that don't click together because none of it's thought out. I mean, say what you will about, and I have, about Game of Thrones. What did I point out in the Game of Thrones podcast? The world is great, right? Yeah. The world is really well built. Game of Thrones' problem is the killing of its protagonists, not in its plotting, right? In the sense that um, the way it long sets things up, pays things off, the more you go into Game of Thrones, the more rewarding that world becomes because it's so well realized same with Lord of the Rings and so on but with Galactica I mean you can tell just in this podcast like I keep going back on things it's like that makes no sense and they did this which doesn't play this off and this doesn't work and that doesn't work and it's because they didn't sit down and do the hard work of planning out their story and the thing is they didn't have to they chose to do it this way whoever did sci-fi channel whatever it doesn't matter if it was the producers if it was the writers someone said somewhere you're doing this and when that came down that meant you had to plan it out. When you say there's a plan, there needs to be a plan. Yeah. And if there is going to be a plan, then you need to make... And you have you can't just get away with the whole, like, well, we had this plan, but then things went wrong. It's like, you're supposed to plan for that. Like, J. Mike Krasinski with Babylon 5. We'll he had, get to it in B5. Yeah, he had trapdoors for all the characters. Um, and Heroes did the exact opposite. They threw their plan out the window. If you watch Heroes, Season 2 has moments where you go, like, the the series the episode starts you know this much at the end they really resolve the big thing even in season two this happened season two's the half length one isn't yeah it? and the writer strike gave them cold feet right. they just got complete cold feet and they gave up and um and they ruined their show which is sad um lost is another one of those shows where you do that test and like okay you realize at the end of this three episode storyline that you know nothing and nothing's going anywhere so they're not this is why I gave up lost within seventeen episodes like they're not going anywhere. There's not. They have no answers to any of these questions because mm. none of them are in here. And with Galactica, I noticed like they have no answers to any of these questions. But I really like a lot of this element, a lot of the stories. Hopefully, they'll they'll pick it up. And they didn't. So, so yeah, this is it. This is the problem. Just bring this neatly back round to Firefly. Yes. Don't, uh, can you explain your Firefly test as well? Because I think this is great. Oh, the the, the Firefly test. My Firefly test is this. Uh, Firefly had 14 episodes. If a show in 14 episodes isn't as good as Firefly, dump it. <laughs> you cancel it, right? Firefly got cancelled after 14 episodes. You cancelled this. I did it to Fringe. Right. which 14 episodes of Fringe. Like, no, this isn't as good as Firefly. I turned it off. Found something else. Like, seriously. 40, and 14 episodes is generous. I don't really need to give 14 no. episodes. But, yeah. But it's it's one of those things where... um. You, you start to pick up on little things where you realise that the writers are trying to trick you into watching the show. And when you find a show that doesn't do that, you stay with it. Like, I remember when I watched the first episode of The Shield. I'm like, whoa, this show's not holding back. Hmm. Let's go for it. Um, let's see where this is going. They've clearly thought about where this is going to go. 
Um, and for me, it's like... I was shocked by how good The Shield was. Yeah, for me, you see, the two major polls, there's there's different ways of doing these shows, but the two major polls for a serial is, one is, it's episodic, which means the episodes are pretty much self-contained. Star Trek, Columbo, yeah. right? And then the other end is the long form, which is every episode dovetails into the next, okay? In both those cases, you have to plan. It's just the difference of planning. In the long form, here's what you plan. You plan your story, where it's going, the world in which it takes place, etc. Right? So you do what George R. R. Martin did, what J. Michael Straczynski did, um, which is you sit down, you work out the history of your world, the future of your world, where your characters are going, what they're going to do. And one of the great things about Game of Thrones for George R. R. Martin is because it's a book, he doesn't have to worry about his characters. He can kill off whoever he wants, mm. he can bring in whoever he wants, whatever he wants to do, because there's no actors. J. Michael Straczynski was aware actors can die. Right, actors can uh, quit. Actors can get poached. Right, can get fired. <laughs> right. Was it? Uh, which was the case for the original captain? Oh, it was kind of a mixture. Was it? Yeah. It turns out he didn't say this until after he passed away because it was part of the thing. Like, um, Michael O'Hare had real mental problems, and being in a show every episode for twenty episodes a season really took its toll. Right. And so he ended up in a real problem and he couldn't come back. Um, and Jay Marshinsky and Michael O'Hare, Michael O'Hare said to him, don't tell anyone until I, until either one of us is gone. But once one of us is gone, we should say, because it's important that people know that if the captain of Babylon 5 can go through this, anyone can go through this. And it's yeah. like, it's, we should tell people, you know, like that. So he passed away and Jay Marshinsky told the real story of what happened to this man. Sure. Um, so it's kind of a combination. But anyway. Um, but Straczynski must have had a trapdoor he had a trapdoor for everyone because because they're actors right because I was very sad when the character left because I really liked I love that character and he managed to get him back for that yes the two-parter but but it's really well done how they get right because he planned planned. he planned out how he could get him out of the story if he needed to so Straczynski Martin they plan it out off they go they've got a really nice consistent world that makes sense that Works and when you watch the show again and again with Babylon Five, you see all these setups. Um, so in a long form story, you have to plan out what your setups are, what the payoffs will be, how characters are going to change. You have to realize that if you're going to write a series that takes five years, you've got to have five years of story. Hmm. Okay, Galactica does not have five years of story, so it doesn't work. On the other hand, if you're doing an episodic story. You still have to plan out, but what you don't plan out necessarily is where characters are going and what events are. You have to plan out the number of events that you can do, mm. right? So with Columbo, you can just, so long as you keep having interesting criminals, you can keep doing Columbo. Interesting aliens, you can keep doing Star Trek. Interesting villains, you can keep doing Batman, right? That's all they need. So you have to realize that the character, Batman, Columbo, the crew of the Enterprise, the world whatever is big enough to keep telling multiple stories in sure so it can last five years but the that that's the difference between the two but in both cases you're sitting down going like okay this has to last a certain amount of time i remember um uh jason lee being interviewed uh, about my name is earl yeah and they said you know how many episodes are there and he, how, how how long is the list and he goes as long as it takes for us to get to syndication you know, so the idea being that um, he want like, they need just enough. Like I think it's a hundred episodes to be in syndication. They want a hundred things on the list, that kind of thing. But they so they they just realize like so long as Earl has done enough bad things, we can keep bringing in hmm. the bad things and we get an episode out of it. That's you see what I mean? Yeah. 
So it's so those are the polls. Obviously, other shows they'll be a bit more episodic and they'll have long form, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But that's that's the thing. So it's like you've got to plan it out. And if you're not going to plan it out, then why are you doing long form? How how can you do long form if you have no concept of what the next episode can be? Or if you just sit there and go, yeah, that'll do for this season or whatever. Like, you, oh, you have to really think this stuff through. I mean, it's not enough to do a series like Galactica and think this season. You have to think, no, no, what's the end of this show? You're telling am a I, single narrative. Am I right in thinking what's the climax? that Vince Gilligan with um, uh, Breaking Bad planned the show, yes. but the changes he made were because they were better? Yeah, they, they kept... There's nothing... Planning the show doesn't mean sticking to the plan. There. It just means you plan it out so you know where you can go. That's a And key then point. as you go through, you start to go, hold on a minute, this actor is way better than I thought he was. Let's not get rid of this character. Yeah. Can we keep this character? So Jesse was the prime example, wasn't Yeah, he? Jesse was and, supposed to go. Uh, so the guy that plays Mike as well. Yeah, let's, Mike wasn't even supposed to be in it. They brought him in because they couldn't get Bob uh, Odenkirk. They couldn't get Saul in the scene. Yeah. So they hired someone else and they went, oh, he's cool, let's hire him. And then he became a major character, right? So... The point is not to go, here's my plan and stick to it. But the point is, you have a plan. See, when heroes threw out their plan, the problem was not that they didn't have a plan. It's that they had no concept of a climax anymore. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. You can't tell your audience, we're going somewhere, if you don't know where you're going. It doesn't make any sense. You have to have an idea of where you're going. No matter what changes they did, no matter how much they threw out, they knew... Mr. Chips becomes Scarface. That's Breaking Bad. Yeah. Right? They know that thing. And it's more than just, oh, yeah, they end up on Earth. It's like, no. How? What's the concept behind this? Where is Earth? What's going on? What, and so on. <clears throat> and so when you don't do that, you sprawl. And you come up with this idea and that idea. And then you follow that plot thread. And then you go, oh, that isn't working out. We have to retcon it. And you retroactively change the continuity yeah, to explain yeah. this. And you plot holes and inconsistencies and you see it all the time in soap operas you see it in Friends we were talking about this earlier right yeah we, were talking, we see this in Friends it's like how many secrets can you guys have you've known each other your whole lives you've lived your whole lives together you grew up together there's no way you can have this many buried secrets between yourselves when you've been the closest of friends for 20 years makes no sense at all and you start to the world starts to collide in on itself sure so um, you have totally answered the question already about oh. um, what we take for our own writing, but if yeah. you could boil it down to just um, a thought or a sentence. Okay. If you're doing a long-form story, episodic or full serialized, whichever way, you're basically telling your audience that you're going to start giving them the story before you finished writing the story. And the only way you can do that reasonably is if you've planned out your story. It doesn't mean you have to stick to the plan. It doesn't mean that you 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 can't improvise. It doesn't mean you can't take better ideas as it goes along. It doesn't mean you can't plan for different eventualities. It just means that you have to know where you're going because when you're making choices in an installment, that you have to be able to say that it's going to set up and pay off something later and it's not just a waste of the time because once you put something out there, you can't undo it. See, when you to give out a full-length story... The audience never sees the scenes you cut. Do you? Think, they never see the choices you didn't make. Do you think Galactica, just bringing back to a point you made earlier, mm. do you think Galactica would have lasted four seasons if it had been set, if it was a show that had been set in a real world? 
uh, if it wasn't fantasy, because they did have the opportunity. No, because they wouldn't. No, because laziness isn't bound to genre. Like, I'm not saying that. No, they but, wouldn't. They weren't. The people, the people who wrote it, the blind spots they had were where is this going? That that wouldn't have changed. They came up with a concept. They sold it, it on the concept, but they didn't plan it out. What I'm saying, would it have unraveled more quickly because they wouldn't have had yeah, the track happens door. all the time. Happens all the time. Example: twenty-four. The following. Okay. They all they all collapse in on themselves very very quickly. You go, yeah, you're just making this up as you go along. It doesn't it doesn't hold together, and that's the thing. If you're doing long form, you're telling the audience, here's this bit. There's another bit coming, and it's gonna. If you don't, if you haven't planned this out, if you haven't worked out where you're going, you can't make your decisions, because once they go up on the on the screen and the audience sees it. The audience has said, I put the time in to watch your thing. You can't then tell me these things didn't happen. Yeah. You can't just lie about it. This has to make sense now. And like, if you haven't planned that out, you have no idea where it's going. It would literally be like improvising a full-length film. Who would do that? Who would improvise a full-length film live? <laughs> no one would do this, yeah. right? And in long form, they go, well, we make one, make one season and then we'll take the break off to come up with the next season. It's like... Well then, okay, maybe you can crack it, but you've just made it ten times harder for yourself. Yeah. Why would you do that? And if you can't crack it, you're going to really upset your audience. So it's just this thing. It's like you can't... Anyone who does writing, um, unless you're doing that terrible type of writing where you just go page one, like exterior, improvised dialogue, which is how some people write. Yeah. If you actually sit down and do step outlines and plan out your story, you can't... You would never imagine not planning out the series. You wouldn't necessarily itemize everything, but you definitely plan it out to some extent. Sure. You know, Noah Hawley for Fargo, he wrote all the episodes of Fargo before they filmed the first one. Hmm. Um, and so it's not... But he was given the time and the money to do it. But it's just one of those things where it's like you've got to plan something out because it's doing long form. You're, yeah. you're, you're releasing the story before you finish writing it. Therefore, you have to plan it. That just makes sense. Okay? If you're doing full length, you know that the story isn't going to be done until it's finished. So you don't have to necessarily plan everything out at the get-go. You just start writing and building it. Mm. But long form, it requires that, even if it's episodic. Because you have to be able to generate multiple episodes. Do you feel like you've exercised no. some demons here? No. Or exercised some demons? No, because I still don't get my four years back. <laughs> I said, first two are great. I don't yeah. regret that. In fact, it was you. You told me before I started watching, don't go past season two. Oh, I did, didn't and I? I stuck that. to that. Yeah. But then I showed them to my wife, Hannah. Yes. And she loved them. And she said, why don't we watch season three? And I did. And you never finished the show. I got to... Did so, she finish it? No. Season, so <laughs> season four split... That's why I said not to yeah. go. Season four split yeah. into two halves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like so that. we got halfway through season uh, four. Uh, when they find the desolate earth is when we went ah, I see board. well we'll talk about Babylon 5 next time or something and yes we'll I be happy about that I hope that you like I, I feel this is quite a long podcast and yeah. I feel I've rambled quite a lot so I actually so I don't know what people are enjoying and what they aren't enjoying unless they say something so if you didn't like <laughs> me just like go ah for an hour say so and if you would like the, and if you did like it, and you want more of this stuff, don't tell me because I like to feel good about myself, and I don't want to be. I don't want to know that I'm only enjoyable if I'm angry. 
Um, I like being happy. But you can let me know through Twitter, and yeah. what I will do is drip feed Bass topics that, <laughs> that will trigger this kind of rage. The rage. Because <laughs> I know there are plenty of them. Yeah. You didn't quell my rant this time. No, I let this one go because it wasn't Abrams related. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't understand why. That's special. And the facial thing. expressions you were pulling were just worse. Yeah, they it. can't see those. No, but they were just for me. Oh, I see. <laughs> this is all for you. Okay. Uh, yeah, let us know. Skadoosh. Bye.